Small businesses are at the heart of the U.S. economy. Here at Nurture Small Business Podcast, we're dedicated to seeing our small business owners succeed. I am your host, Denise Kagan, president of DCA Virtual Business Support. If you like what you hear on today's podcast, please share it. You have my gratitude for doing so. I have known today's guest for at least a decade, possibly more. She's someone I trust when it comes to HR needs. Recently, I reached out to her to ask a question about taxation relating to income taxes and how hiring a candidate in a specific location might impact me. After we talked, I realized that I really needed to bring this information to my listeners. With remote and hybrid workforces, and my workforce is completely remote, employers are faced with some new challenges that they may not understand. Welcome to the show, Deanna Bumgardner. How are you? I'm doing well, Denise. How are you? I am doing great. So you are from Employers Advantage LLC. I, like I said, known you for well over a decade. And how did you get into the HR space? And well, actually, maybe I should, you can start there, but also tell me about your company evolution, because I have seen it changed over over the years, which is phenomenal. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, well, we've been, I've been in business in next month will be 13 years. So I was still in the very early stages when I first um, met you. So yeah, you've you've been around and you've seen a lot of changes. Um, But I started Employers Advantage um, back in August of 2010, specifically because I saw a need in the small business market for HR support because they don't need full-time HR people. They don't need the giant HR department that large corporations have, but they still you know, rules still apply, laws still apply, things like what you called for that. How would you know otherwise? You know, there's so many things that go into uh, managing people in HR in a a small business. So anyway, that's why I started it. And um, over the years, we've grown. Um, There are 12 of us now on the team. We've got clients all over the country. Um, we focus specifically on the, you know, the, like I said, the small businesses and it's great to be able to help the small businesses. And like, you know, when they call and they're like, I, like their hair's on fire and it's just, they don't know what to do. And then we're able to just talk them through it, calm them down and just, you know, feel that relief. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm going to jump into the specific thing that yeah. we're supposed to talk about today, but then I'm going to circle back a little bit because I want to learn about some of the different types of lines of services that you provide for small business owners. So when I called you, I had a very, very specific question. If I hire this candidate whose location is showing up as Spain, how what what do I need to do as an employer to be compliant with income taxes? Right. Yeah. It is definitely an interesting situation to be in. So the bottom line is you as an employer are not required to hire that person after you find out that they're in Spain, if you don't want to take on the obligation of somebody living and working in Spain, because if that's where they're located, that's where you have to um, identify them as an employee. You would have to, um, you know, be able to operate as a business in Spain. You know, there's all of these things that go into it. Um, Like, it's kind of interesting as HR has evolved with 
particularly post-pandemic, there's been so many new regulations and things. And this whole nomad employee virtual workspace is a huge piece of it because there are such implications for an employer, specifically a smaller employer um, like us, if an employee was even to go to another state, let alone another country, you know, and just, you know, for the record, I'm not a tax person. <laughs> so like the specifics of tax, I mean, check with your CPA on, on or your payroll provider on things like that. But, um, you know, from an HR perspective, it, in, if you're in a remote environment or a hybrid environment, it's where that person is doing, is sitting and doing the work. Um, then you as an employer are responsible for that location, basically. So in that instance, I would have had to comply whatever with whatever Spain's yep. income tax employment rules are. Yes, which is completely different from anything in the U.S. And yeah. a huge burden on small businesses to keep up with all that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It can be for sure. And I know that, you know, there's a lot of candidates and employees that are like, well, I'm remote. I can do what I want. You know, don't restrict me. But they they, <laughs> they don't, don't understand, understand our side. Yeah. Yeah. The the um the financial impact and the business impact on the other side of it, which is why we really encourage our clients to have these conversations with employees and create an environment where people are comfortable saying, hey, you know what? I feel like I'm going to I might go to um, Spain for 30 days. Can I do that? And there's probably ways you can work around those things, um, you know, but to live there, live and work there is, is a different, that's a different situation and, and, a, and could be burdensome to a small business. Let's veer off to the side just a little bit and define work from home versus remote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't. I'm not sure people actually understand there is a difference. Right. Yeah. So work from home, obviously, I well, maybe not so obviously, is that you're working in your home and at a, I guess, quote unquote, location of where you live. Um, and remote work is kind of like a nomad. You could really be roaming. Um, we, we um, I think we called it work in Rome at one point, but you could be working remotely from anywhere. And that is significantly different because if your employer has a work from home policy and you're working from your home, um, you're in compliance. If you're working remotely, you might not be in compliance. So again, there's that conversation that has to happen with the company and the employees on a regular basis. I mean, we've had clients that are like, <laughs> they'd call and say, so-and-so's background is different on the Zoom call, you know, and we asked, oh, where's that? And they were in another completely different state and never told their employer. Oh, wow. Yeah. They didn't think anything of it because they were a remote workforce. But yeah. Two questions and, and I'm going to try to add, try to remember both of them. The first one, you mentioned policy. Explain yeah. to our listeners, when you say policy, just kind of give us a background of what types of things you might need in place there and what, what where does the policy reside? Yeah, it 
We are seeing more telework and, and remote work policies that are going into employee handbooks. So you, every company should have an employee handbook for the most part. Um, and you can easily slip in a remote work telework policy in there. And it really should outline the expectations of both the employee and the employer around telework, what might be provided, what the employee needs to provide. We have clients that go so much into detail as your background technology security, you know, connecting to unknown Wi-Fi's and things like that. But it also includes letting your employer know where specifically you are and if your location changes. Um, so there are some things that really need to be addressed in that telework or remote work policy. We recently just, interestingly enough, we've had the technology piece in there as well yeah. as the no remote <laughs> You know, unless yeah, yeah. you're using a VPN, yeah. you know, that's, you know, no public Wi-Fi unless you're using a VPN. We've had that always just for security. And, you know, it was interesting because, you know, just this heightened awareness of the remote space. And I've been, my company has been virtual for a very, very long time. I mean, yeah. virtual is in the business name. So yeah. we we put in a policy that says we are work from home, not remote, we also don't allow any international logins, which obviously precludes people that are not in the U.S. from being hired, but also it's a cybersecurity thing uh, yeah. for us. So it's, it's, it's largely related to cybersecurity, and we are like locked down tight on that. Mm -hmm. So thank you for explaining that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. What was the second question? I told you I wasn't going to remember it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'll come back it'll, to it. It'll oh. come back to you. Yeah. So, um, so some of the, you and I had spoke briefly about some of these various different policies as yeah. far as taxation and, and employee benefits. And I believe France was one of the ones that you mentioned to me. Do you recall what that Oh, was? that they have the reciprocal agreement. Yeah. There are some countries that are trying to get like people from either the U.S. or other countries to remote work from there mm -hmm. and open up the borders a little bit more. And they're creating opportunities for that to happen. And and um, maybe it's, you know, ch change, changing some of the taxation laws or requirements. So, um, yeah, I do remember that. I can't remember specifically, but I've seen more of that where some countries are. Like you can come here for 30 days with no obligation kind of a thing to be because it not only internationally, but also state to state, it changes. Like if you're going to go, um, you know, travel for an extended period of time and work while you're doing that travel, you could then be obligated to either that country or that state's tax requirements, both from an employee's payroll income tax, but also a company's, um, you know, business tax requirements. So and again, each state's different. It depends on how long you're there. Sometimes it depends on if you're in a revenue generating position or not, like there's what type of visa you're on if you're overseas. So it really can get messy, which is why you want to know where your folks are at all times. <laughs> so what are you seeing as the biggest challenges from your, um, your, your clients as far as the remote and hybrid space? You know, I think it it goes back to what we're talking about because a lot of times they're like, oh, we got this candidate. They're really great. And, you know, maybe the um, they're in Pennsylvania or something. And they're like, 
how do we hire somebody in Pennsylvania? They, some of us, our small business clients still don't know that you have to register in those states. Wherever you have somebody, you have to apply for a, you know, those get the state unemployment tax. You got to get your your tax IDs. You got to do all of those things and be registered in Workers that state. Comp, yep. Yes. So and and then you got to apply by the employment laws of those states, which each state again is different. Um, and then you have to bump those against the federal, see where you lay. It, I mean, it, it, that's really the biggest thing. Um, and then it's, you know, we, we have some clients that are, that are fully remote. They maybe have 15 employees and they're in like 11 states. Like that's a lot, <laughs> that's a lot to manage. And so what they've done is they've now, when they do any new hiring, they try to stick within the 11 states that they're in so that they're not, ha- you know, opening another state. That's and, what and we those, do. Yeah. Yeah. It's because it can be cumbersome um, depending on which states you end up in. And, you know, right now it's perfectly legal to not hire somebody because they're in a state that you don't want to be in. And I so, think employers don't actually know that. That, you know, you can, you don't, just because you have a remote workforce doesn't mean you need to hire everywhere, you know, and I've explained that to some candidates, like, you know, hey, we're a small company, we don't have a huge tax compliance department that can comply with the taxes in your location. Um, And and some of the locations, like, so just from experience, we have people in, in Pennsylvania and Ohio, you have also have local taxes there to yes. pay, not just state taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yep. <laughs> and that's another thing that trip people up sometimes, I think. Yes. So yeah. How do you advise people when they're trying to hire in multiple states? Yeah. I mean, certainly we want them to focus on the candidates and who is the best for the role in the company and all of those things. If they have no boundaries, then, then great. You know, we can, we'll work with that. And, and, but we just need to make sure that they understand they need to leave some time for getting set up in those new States to make sure that they're compliant and just, just being aware enough to know, to call us and say, Hey, we're going to hire somebody in Montana what do we do? And then we'll just take care of it because we just want to make sure that they're compliant. Because again, you know, you got to register in that state, get all of your um, tax IDs, and then also update your handbook with any state specific requirements and change any of your practices. Oh, so your company will do the registrations? No, 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 no. Well, (laughs) I was like, whoa, that's sweet. No, not really, because we don't do we because we don't do payroll. Um, but there, I mean, I just I'm in a handful of states because you know we're fully remote too, so we we can do it. Um, but there are a couple companies that we work with actually that will do that for like flat fee. You go to a state, they'll just register it for you. Are they registrar but, companies or something else? Yeah, I think so because um, they're not tax companies. They're not anything like that, but. It, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head right now. Okay. Because um, I am familiar have a, with the concept of registrars who they just basically keep your filings on point. I mean, but there's mm. some drawbacks to using some of them sometimes. Like they won't know you necessarily updated your address, so they won't intuitively do it. They're just going to renew the information. Yeah. 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 This company is a little bit different. Again, I, I'd have to pull up the, the name of it, but. Yeah, when you if you are 
more so we see it in larger groups, um, larger clients, I guess, who have no boundaries and they're okay. Just, you know, wherever the, the best employee is, they're going to go there um, and they'll pay these folks, I don't know, 250 bucks to register them with whatever state they're at and, and make sure that everything is covered and then give us the tax IDs and, and go on from there. Okay. So you mentioned you don't do payroll. I, I, can you talk about some of the other services that you do do to support yep. small business owners? A lot of it revolves around compliance and employee relations. So when I was mentioning that most companies should have a handbook, um, we do a lot of handbooks. Um, and the importance of that is creating consistency in how the workforce is managed because consistency is key. Once you start becoming inconsistent with how you manage or treat different employees, that's where your risk is. Um, so there's a lot of compliance, employee relations, you know, working through different situations, whether good or bad, you know, disciplinary or even engage, in, engagement and creating, um, you know, work cultures that people want to be a, a part of. And I guess, more recently, over the last few years, it's managing remote and hybrid environments um, because it is so different. And we've been remote for the 13 years we've been in business. So we we get it. Um, and a lot of it is, okay, how do we create engagement and how do we um, manage communication and, you know, all of these different things within those environments. So um, anything from us being the full HR function we can be your entire HR department, or we can just be there in an on-call situation if you need, um, or projects. A lot of uh, handbooks, performance management systems, um, some coaching, investigations of employee claims. Oh. That happens a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, an employee says, this happened to me at work, and, you know, so-and-so did this, or I feel like this happened to me. And then we'll come in. It's really beneficial for a company to use an outside third party to eliminate any biases in an investigation. Um, so that's super helpful. Yeah, I didn't actually know that you did that. How interesting. Mm -hmm. So you work with small small businesses, usually about how many employees? Um, the, the less than 50 is our core um, client base, nonprofit, for-profit, industries across the board. We've got farms, we've got um, manufacturing, construction, professional services all over the place. We love it. Interesting. Under 50, but I just saw an announcement come out today. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tell it's me so about exciting. that. You offer you have a new service. Yes. So what's interesting is we have seen a little bit of a shift in what we're getting, like who's coming to us and asking for support. And it's these groups that are in the 50 to 300 employee range. And they more than likely have a solo HR person or somebody internally handling HR. But that is, it's a lot for one person to do. Mm -hmm. I'm, I've been in HR department of one. And I think most of the folks on my team have been in HR department of one. And the project list never gets, never gets, you never get an opportunity to get to that project list. And then it's, you also don't really have anybody to be like, hey, this just happened. This is what I'm thinking. You know, it's really lonely. <laughs> so we've been getting more requests from companies in that grouping to provide those types of services, which is different than what we do for our under 50 folks. 
they don't have HR. We are their HR. They don't have um, any of that stuff and we take care of it for them. And so we decided to carve out a separate division for this over 50 uh, headcount group. Um, and we call it EA Edge. So to give your HR function an edge. Yeah, it's very exciting. We're very excited about it because it's it's new and it certainly does not take away from the core of what we are and who we've always been is, you know, small business. It's just another grouping in the small business market that we're going to start or continue to support because we have um, we have a handful of clients already in that area. So I get probably a hundred or so emails a day and your emails, I always open. <laughs> you. I told you there's this level of trust there because I know, you know what you're doing and you, oh, I've you. referred people to you and I know that, you know, you're going to treat them well, just as you have with me over the years. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way about you. That's why Jessica, well, we can say somebody on my team, we have a client looking for a, um, a virtual assistant. And of course you're, you're it. So you're the one we go to. I appreciate that. What should I have asked you that I haven't asked you? Oh my goodness. I don't know. I, you know, I think it's, well, I don't know if this is a question, but I'll say it anyway. I, like I am small business through and through. I love small businesses and I just want them to know that they're not alone. <laughs> We're here for them. I like the HR, I think really got pushed to the forefront through the pandemic. Um, and we did see a shift in our business after that because people were like, oh, that's what HR does. Yeah, we need we need some of that support. And you might not need a lot of it, maybe just a little. And but I, I think that there's a there is a shift in that. And people are understanding that that's a component of their business that they they need to pay attention to. Um, and it's okay if they're nervous about it. We understand that too. So I, I think um, just, you know, having a little bit of awareness as a small business that when, when an employee is doing something, whether it's moving or traveling or something, just create that open environment where you can have conversations and, and know if something is, if you should reach out and ask somebody. If it's not us, somebody else, maybe you have an employment attorney or whatever, but just make sure you're covered for the sake of your business and the employees, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if somebody wants to learn more about what you do, just to ask you some questions, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah. So our website is employersadvantagellc.com. You can reach out to me directly. It's Deanna, D-E-A. NNA at employersadvantagellc.com. And then, you know, we're on all the social media platforms too, but um, yeah, we do. One thing we do is free HR advice Friday because we have, a, we see that a lot of small companies sometimes just have a one-off question. So keep an eye out. for free. Where do you do that? You, we, we advertise it on our social media pages, like on LinkedIn and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they can, if anybody has a question, they can email me or um, submit a contact us through the website for free HR advice. Oh, perfect. Lovely. HR, free HR Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to take fun? advantage of that too. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Well, Deanna, you have been a marvelous guest as always. And thank you for taking the time out to chat with me today. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. 
Thank you for joining me for today's Nurture Small Business podcast, where the focus is on business growth through technology, leadership, and people strategies. Do you have an idea for a podcast or feedback you'd like to share with me? Send me a note through my website at dcavirtual.com slash contact.